Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Happy Father's Day, Bonne Fête de Papa, and whatever other language we can say it in, it is a special day, probably one of the most important days of the year. It's Father's Day. And for all those fathers out there who are often uh, overlooked, today is your day. Embrace it. Do whatever you want. Take the whole month, in fact, and make sure you use it wisely. I want to encourage you today to enjoy Father's Day, and today we're going to be talking about living differently in this series that we're in called Unburdened. And as we talk about being unburdened, we're going to talk about a father who was very burdened by the decisions of his children. And this story is one that you may have heard once or twice. And every time we revisit passages in the scriptures, we can sometimes make the mistake of tuning out because we say things like, I know this story but we don't always know it the way that God is inspiring it for us today. And today we are going to be looking at this story of the prodigal son, a father who had two sons, one of which decided to take his inheritance and leave his father's house and use it in any way that he saw fit. He wanted to live his life differently. But the Father shows us how we can learn from Him and live differently as well. The older son also teaches us how we can live differently. We can learn from each of them. And there was a lot of dysfunction and conflict in this home. Obviously, a a younger son demanding his inheritance before his father is even dead is unusual for any time, uh, let alone a time in which this would have been incredibly unheard of a very unique situation but we know that Jesus often taught parables of life true stories and this is an event that has occurred in his infinite wisdom and knowledge he is familiar with this story he shares it and he teaches us something important not only about the younger son but the older son as well and so today let's talk about what it looks like to live differently. I think we're always being challenged in our understanding of what fatherhood looks like. I believe that that has evolved and changed a lot in the last decade alone. I think that many of us are not sure what it looks like and, and what it means for us to be men today, let alone fathers. And that's, that has a lot to do with maybe not having good examples or having had examples that weren't very good. Um, we sometimes have had great examples and we just don't meet up to that standard that uh, our great fathers had set before us. And we can sometimes feel less than in our everyday and are challenged by the way our kids are also sometimes different one from the other. This is definitely true in this story. Two brothers completely different One wanted to remain faithful to the father and work at home and work the farm and work the land and 
do everything that he had to do to honor his dad, while the other, he didn't have the same intention, didn't have the same heart. He actually wanted to take the inheritance and leave the land and leave his household, leave his brother, leave his father, and go and spend it outside of Jewish land. He wanted to live a pagan life. He wanted to be outside of the views of the Word of God and the standards and the boundaries that it provided. It was very important for this younger son to be able to kind of make his own way in the world. And the way that he thought that he would best do that would be by leaving his father's household. Now, when we think about this story, we are going to see that it is a story of things that are lost and things that get found. And that's what Jesus is communicating. And the reason he tells these parables is because people are questioning the amount of time that he's spending with sinners and why he's eating and drinking with them, why he's at their tables and in their homes, and why is he giving them so many second chances when he should be speaking out more harshly against these sinners because that's what you know rabbis are supposed to do. That's what religious teachers are supposed to do. And that's what someone like Jesus is especially supposed to do since he has been anointed with the gift of healing and he has already done many miraculous things and so people are kind of confused obviously he does these miracles because he's under God's power and authority and is blessed by him but why would he spend all this time with sinners so Jesus comes back and says well there are reasons why I do this and let me tell you about these parables and the first parable that he talks about is the one that is of the lost sheep the second is of the lost coin and the third is the lost son and these are all found in the gospel of luke in luke chapter 15 and those verses are very important i'm just going to read a few of them today and the first one says that the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him and then the pharisees and the scribes they murmured saying this man receives sinners and eats with them and so he told them this parable. And so this kind of sets the tone for why Jesus is talking about things that get lost and, and the celebration that occurs when they get found. And the story that we're talking about today is the story of this father who has these two sons and one of them, of course, gets lost. Now, the older brother uh, knows that what the younger brother is doing is wrong. And the father knows what the younger brother is doing is wrong. The younger brother, however, does not. Uh, I think that's important because he's living differently, isn't he? He's making his decisions to live his life apart from the instruction that he's received. And sometimes as a father, it's really hard to see our kids just kind of go their own way. You've taught them certain things, you've told them certain things, and then they make decisions that you know are not great for them, but they go ahead and do them anyways. And when you find yourself in that situation, you can behave in a way that maybe doesn't become you and doesn't necessarily show the best side of you or even somehow set the best example for your kids, even the one that you know you're trying to correct. Well, in this story, the father does something that you would never expect any father to do. And while he's still alive, he gives one third of his inheritance to his son. And the older brother has his two-thirds, and, and that's the way it worked. He got the double portion, and the younger brother just takes that and squanders it. And the Bible tells us that he did it partying. He did it living a life like a pagan, away from God and from the teachings of God. And he squandered that money, and then when he found himself in the worst possible situation, 
he realizes that his only option is to not continue to endure the humiliation that he is facing, but rather to go back to his father and beg that he takes him back. Now, what's interesting is that this son encounters a various form of humiliation. And the first humiliation that he faces is that he has to subject himself to a pagan. He went there wealthy, but now... Uh, having lived a pagan lifestyle, he now has lost and squandered everything. So now he has to go to one of these pagans, um, one of these people who does not believe in God the same way that he does, and ask him for a job. And that is his first humiliation. The second humiliation is that he gets the worst kind of job, and that is to feed pigs. And, and pagan pigs were as bad as pigs in general, obviously, but it's the fact that the story is just showing us that not only is he now being humiliated by having to work for a pagan, but he also has to feed the pagans pigs. And uh, pork was obviously a banned food, and pigs were considered to be unclean. And so the worst thing that uh, a Jew could do was feed someone else's pig, let alone, you know, have to work for a pagan. The third thing that he encounters is that he says that he would be just as happy to eat as well as the pig. And then the fourth humiliation is that he would give anything to not even eat the pig slop, but he says that even eating the pig slop would be better than what he's been eating. And here's the fourth humiliation, that this is denied. He doesn't even get that. So he doesn't even get to eat as well as the pigs. Sorry, it took longer than I expected to get that out. But yeah, that's what happened. So all of a sudden now, the pigs are an indication of how far he has fallen, the humiliation that he has encountered. And yet there's something in the son that tells him that he can still go back to the father. Now there may have been a situation in your life and maybe in your household where you have been too humiliated and maybe too offended or maybe too hurt and maybe felt like you just couldn't go back home. You couldn't go back to your father. And, and it's unfortunate, but this is something that I know many families have experienced. I've talked to many people in the course of my life as a pastor and have counseled on many issues, and many of them have been with regards to how sometimes families are divided and broken up and often it's happened over the case of inheritance. Now you may have experienced this in your own household where it's difficult even while your parents are alive to have a discussion about inheritance let alone caring for your loved ones who now your father or mother have aged and and, and there's problems in having to take care of them. And then there's also the issue of how sometimes that favoritism comes in. And that's where the older brother plays a very important part, where he feels that there's favoritism being shown to the younger son, a favoritism that he then holds against the father. Now think of it this way. The older brother now begins to hate, not just his younger brother, but he begins to hate a little bit his father. Why? Because he gives the younger brother, the inheritance. And then secondly, when the son comes back and is welcomed back by the father, um, he feels threatened by this. Now, we all know that in households and sometimes by fathers, 
sometimes even by mothers, sometimes even by an older brother or a younger one, we have felt this tension in the home. And we have sometimes been in a very difficult position ourselves where we have looked upon the treatment of one over another in a more favorable manner than, than the way that we were being treated. So someone would look at their older or younger sibling and say, they get away with everything. They get more than I get. They are treated better. They're given more chances. They've been given more money or they've been given more love and they've been given more affection and, and on and on it goes. And sometimes in families where I've seen where one child somehow has a physical condition or maybe even a addiction, they tend to sometimes get all of the attention. And so it isn't always just because of the strength, but sometimes it is because of weakness that one sibling or another can have more favor. Sometimes it's because they are better matched in terms of character and personality with one of the parents. And, and so because they get along better, they seem to have more favor or even more love. But as a father, I can honestly tell you that you, there is no one who can separate you from the love of your children. There is nothing that you won't do for them. And there's nothing that anyone can tell you differently when it comes to the way that you truly want the best for both of them. And while it appears that one may be treated differently than another, the truth is, is that even if that is the case, they are certainly not loved differently ask any parent, they'll tell you that they love their children equally. But it's not the question of how we love them equally, but it's how we behave differently, isn't it? The way that we live differently with our kids and the way that we act towards our children. And this is true in the story. This father is acting differently towards the older brother than he is to the younger and the younger one seems to be getting all the favor and all the second chances and now that he's come back and he's begging this is what the younger brother says he says in verse 21 of that 15th chapter of Luke father I have sinned against heaven and before you and then he says a second thing I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And now before he can get to the third thing, which was, hey, take me into your house as a servant. I'm okay with not being your son anymore. The father interrupts him. And when the father interrupts him, he interrupts him because he wants him to understand that he has never stopped being his son. He's never stopped loving him. And he's never stopped wanting to restore him or to reconcile with him, to form a family with him again. And when we think about that, it teaches us about how we are to be. And I, I know that you've been offended by your children, maybe even dishonored and possibly even humiliated. And maybe you have felt like, the disrespect has gone way beyond anything that you could ever forgive or somehow reconcile with. And maybe this has also happened in your household with siblings and, and it's happened with extended family. But I want you to rise above this and live differently. 
I want you to be unburdened by all this in the same way that the father became unburdened when he saw his son come back and the son was unburdened when he came back to the father. And in the same way that the father was able to speak to the oldest son, he was able to speak to him in a manner that helped him understand that nothing had changed for him, that he could let go of his anger, that he could let go of his anger towards his father, and he could let go of his anger also towards his younger brother. And we know this because when the older brother comes back to the father, he's so angry, he's saying, why would you throw a party? Why would you do this celebration? Why would you give him a robe and, and, and new shoes? And why would you clean him up like this and give him back his inheritance? Why would you somehow like, give him back your ring and, and do all these things for him? Why would you make him your son in the same way that he was before he did all these things? And, and the father does something incredible that I believe that we can all learn from in terms of just forgiving and being reconciled, and being restored, and being unburdened, and living truly differently. He says this, he says, first of all, son, you are always with me. Now think about that. He tells him, you are always with me. It means that even when you feel that my heart is just going after the younger one, thinking about the younger one, thinking about where he is, where in what kind of trouble he may be in, because we know that the father goes out on the road and he's looking down the road, looking to see, just like every other day, most likely before that, if the son, the younger son, was coming back home. The Bible says that before the son can even get home, the father runs out to meet him on the road. And so what the father does is he says, I want you to know that just because my heart and my concern is towards the younger one, it doesn't mean that my heart and my concern isn't with you also. And this is important for us. If we've somehow felt neglected in our Father's house, if we have somehow felt neglected by our Heavenly Father, if we have somehow felt that He doesn't come out to us on the road, because we are always there in the house working, doing the work of the land and fulfilling our roles and responsibilities, that it seems that he tends to bless those who have lived a greater life of sin and reckless abandon, have been prodigals instead of coming back to the faithfulness of the older brother. But that's not what the Father wants us to know and to hear and to understand in all of this. And so the thing that he tells the Son is what we sometimes need to hear. And that is, you are always with me. The second thing that he tells the older son is this. He tells him, all that is mine is yours. Stop thinking about what the younger has. Stop, stop thinking about what he squandered. Stop thinking about what he took and what he wasted. Everything that I have is yours. And then the third thing that the father said to him, he says, there is no threat to your inheritance. The fact that your son is back doesn't change the fact that you still get two-thirds of the inheritance you will still receive your double portion. Can we say amen to that? How amazing is this father that he not only is able to welcome back the younger, 
but he's able to honor the older. And you would think that in this story, the only person who dishonors him is the younger, but in this story, both children dishonor this father. But this father treats them both with honor. He loves them both, and he shows his love in a manner that demonstrates to us fathers today and every day how we are also to live differently, how we are not to let the treatment of our children dictate how we are to behave towards them, how we are to rise above that and live differently. We look at what this father does in the story and it exemplifies what the heavenly father does towards each of us. And today we are reminded of that and we are blessed by that. Today we are taught how to live differently. Whatever role we have seen ourselves in in this story. But above all, let us see how the father has lived and how we can be the father that we need to be for our children. And for those of you who've been single moms out there and have raised your children without a father, you have been a father to them. You put your name in that chat and, 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 and let us know how you have also experienced the love of the father. You put your name there as one of those people who, has, who is deserving of honor today because you've been both a mother and a father to your children. Well, you raised those kids without the Father. I want you to be blessed today. I want you fathers to be blessed today. If you have tried to teach your children spiritually and you have been opposed by the mother, that you have not been able to do everything that you wanted to do, that you have not been able to impart everything that you would have loved to impart. Listen, listen, everything that you have done, God will bless and will multiply. To each of you today, happy Father's Day. God bless you. Whatever role you have had, whatever role you have played, whatever example was given, whatever example you have failed to give, may God forgive us, free us, unburden us, and bless us to be people who will live differently and live an unburdened life, just like the Heavenly Father is teaching us today. God bless you, and happy Father's Day. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only He can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.